Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode number 104 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Over the next four weeks, you are in for a real treat, and I am so excited for you. So I am thrilled to share these four dating energies with you. When you don't know what that is, don't worry, I will tell you in a moment. But I haven't talked about these four dating energies anywhere else but with my clients. And the four dating energies are really tools to help you identify what your pattern is so you can have some languaging behind it so that it's easier to shift it and then see some change in your life. But before we get started with the dating energies, I just want to take a moment to say thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the Love Life Connection. Whether this is your first episode listening in or you've been with me since episode one or somewhere in between, thank you. Seriously, I don't talk into the mic just to hear myself talk. And you trusting me to support you on your journey towards love does not go unnoticed. Whether we've never spoken and you're listening to my podcast passively, or you've connected with me on Instagram, or we're actually working together one-on-one, or in the boot camp, I do not take that for granted. So thank you, thank you, and I hope that you all love these next four episodes where I'm going to share with you the four dating energies. So after working with over 100 clients, I found there to be four main types of energy that keep you out of love. So I want you to think of these dating energies like sex in the city archetypes. So you know, you've all had those conversations. Are you the Carrie, the Miranda, the Samantha or the Charlotte? It's kind of the same thing here. So it's really just kind of archetyping yourself. And it's not to put yourself in a box. But it is again, like I said before, to put some languaging behind it so you can better understand why you're doing what you're doing so that then you can shift it. 
And I'm going to dedicate one episode over the next four weeks to each of these energies. So before we even get into the first energy today, I just want to back up and get super clear on what energy is, because I know sometimes for some of you, you're like, oh, yeah, energy, I'm totally with you. For some of you, that might be like, what is this quack talking about? Sounds a little too airy fairy for me. So your energy is the compilation of your essence, the presence you have, and the collection of your thoughts, words, actions, and beliefs. So all of this makes up your energy. And I want to give you a couple examples of probably people's other other people's energy that you probably experience on an extreme level. So for example, think of the person in your life, whether it's a coworker, a friend, family member, whatever, someone that just drains you. Every time you talk to them, it's always about them, their problems, and their stuff, and they hardly even ask you how you're doing or what's going on with you. And after you spend some time with them, you just feel drained. You just feel like you need to go lay on the couch for the next couple hours and just replenish your energy. So that is one type of energy, someone who just totally drains you and they just suck the life out of you. And then there's the person who just fills you up and you enjoy being around them because after you spend time with them, you feel alive and you feel energized and they make you feel important. And even if you're not super close friends, they still make you feel really special and like they really value your time and your presence and whatever you're doing together. So those are two different types of energy and all of that energy, all these things that people give off and then we receive in the forms of energy, they do it by their behavior, by their thoughts, by their actions, by their words, by their essence. So while energy can kind of sound woo woo at the end of the day, it's simply just how you're showing up or how other people are showing up. And then everyone's energy is going to be playing off of each other. And sometimes it's going to jive really well. And sometimes not so much like with the person who drains you. So we're all on this energy spectrum, but right now I want to share with you a little bit more nuanced ways that we emit our energy on a date, and then that emission of energy can create certain patterns in your relationships and in your dating life. And it can be patterns you want to be in, like attracting great guys, or it can be a pattern of attracting narcissists or emotionally unavailable guys or sabotaging great relationships. And, you know, those are just some main examples. Um, you might be able to hear my dog. He just came in behind me. So excuse me if you can hear him shaken. He just, his collar was shaken in the background. Uh, but anyways, these four dating energies um, really will create your reality when it comes to looking for love. So the more aware you can be of them, the better um, set up you can be to change them if you need so that you can be in the best position possible to find um, to find love and to find an equal partnership, a healthy partnership and a lifelong partnership. So here are the four dating energies. The four dating energies are the pleaser, and that's what we're, what we're going to talk about this week. Then there's the poor me. That's what we're going to talk about next week. There's the future tripper. We're going to talk about that in two weeks. And then the saboteur, which is what we'll talk about in three weeks. So four weeks, four episodes. So let's get started. And today we are talking about the pleaser. So I want to start with sharing two big ways that the pleaser energy shows up. 
And the first way is just with the classic people pleasing. Now, I did an episode earlier on the podcast about that. Um, It's episode 94. I highly, highly recommend you go back and listen, especially if you identify as a people pleaser or think you might have some people pleasing tendencies, or if you keep attracting people who are very controlling or narcissistic, then I really want you to go listen to the people pleaser narcissistic trap. That's episode 94 must, it's a must, must listen if you have any type of people pleaser tendencies. Okay. So again, if you're not sure if if you're a people pleaser, if you're attracting um, people who like to be in control, um, dominant or narcissist, there's a really good chance that you probably have some people pleaser tendencies. All right. So I want to start, and I talked about this in episode 94, but in case you didn't listen to that yet, I just want to give you a little bit of background here. Being a people pleaser is not the same thing as being a kind, genuine person. So when I'm working with a client and if they have some people pleasing tendencies, you know, one of their very first pushbacks or one of the first things they say is like, well, Veronica, I really do want to help people or I want to be there for people. Like I care about people. I'm just a really nice person. I have a big heart, all of that kind of stuff. And I just want to be really clear that there's a difference between being a people pleaser and being a kind, genuine person. All right. If you're being a kind, genuine person, then sure, you, you're probably going to do some something that's nice for someone because you're a kind, genuine person and you do care about other people and you want to help them and be supportive and be a good friend and family member and partner and daughter and all that kind of good stuff, right? But there is no, there are no strings attached or there's no expectations. There's no, well, I did this nice thing for you, so you have to do something nice for me. Or um, whether it's like a very conscious expectation that they better do something nice, or it's just like the subconscious, like, well, I'm doing all this nice stuff for me, so or for them, so therefore, I should get that in return. That is not a being kind and genuine. Being kind and genuine is just no strings attached, no expectations, you're literally doing it out of the kindness of your heart. However, when you're more in the people pleaser side, and you're doing something for a man, let's say, acting a certain way or looking a certain way or taking care of him, whether it's financially or emotionally, or just doing anything that you think is going to please him in order to make him like you more, in order to make him love you more, to get his attention, to get his support for something in your life, to get his approval, that is no longer genuine because there are strings attached. And it's not that, you know, you're being malicious and you're being a bad person and you know, because a lot of times we might be manipulative in other ways, but this is not that. This is, you know, you're still doing the best you can. And it's probably behavior that you learned from your, maybe your mother was a people pleaser to your father, or perhaps you had to feel like you had to perform or behave in a certain way to your parents in order to get love, approval, or attention. So you're just simply repeating behavior either that you learned as a child or that you saw as a child um, in, in order to get love. But the truth is, is that not how you, that's not how you get love, excuse me. And I bet there's a really good chance that if you do identify as a people pleaser and you are helping people, you're going out of your way to help people when you need help or when you need support, you feel like you actually don't really have anyone or that you're kind of alone or that you wouldn't ask someone to do the same thing that someone asked of you because the depth or the quality of the relationship really isn't there. So the big problem with being a people pleaser is that you probably have an issue with protecting your boundaries, saying no when you need to say no. 
And when you're not protecting your boundaries, you're probably not going to be attracting people who um, want to protect and honor your boundaries. You're probably going to be attracting people who want to walk all over you. And again, they may they may consciously be doing that or unconsciously be doing that because again, they're going to be in a pattern too of some sort, but they're in this pattern of walking all over people and using people to get what they need to get what they want in order to feel good about themselves or to feel confident. Again, I go deeper into this narcissistic, narcissistic people pleaser trap more in episode 94. So if you haven't listened to that, please, please go and listen to episode 94 of the Love Life Connection podcast. You can just get that by scrolling down on your podcast player on your phone. Or for all my past episodes, you can always go to veronicagrant.com forward slash episode and then just the number. So for this one, it would be episode uh, nine four. Okay, so being a people pleaser is no joke. I think or at least I hope I have painted that picture for you well enough in this episode so far. And if you can identify with being a people pleaser, I can't recommend nipping it in the bud as soon as you can. Perhaps you're in a relationship where you feel like it might be that dichotomy of the people pleaser narcissistic trap, or perhaps looking back at your past relationships or past marriages, you realize that your exes are narcissists. Uh, Maybe you have a parent that's a narcissist. Maybe you realize this is actually also being reflected in your friend group or family member or co-workers. But the thing is, is that being a people pleaser leaves you drained, it leaves you resentful. And then ultimately, when you need help, you feel alone because you've attracted people into your life that have been taking advantage of you and don't genuinely care about you the way you want to be cared about. So let's pause that here because I do have some resources to help you. But before we get there, I want to talk about the other way a people pleaser might show up. And if you're, if you identify as a people pleaser, then you might have this as well. Or if you don't identify with the first part of this episode, the second part might strongly identify with you. So the second part of being a people pleaser, the second way, I guess, I guess I should say of being a people pleaser is downplaying your personality or accomplishments. And I find this so, so common in this community, because most of you all are successful, smart women who have a lot of accomplishments under their belt, especially in the world of their career and maybe financial life, but not so much in their relationships. And so people have said, well, you know, maybe your successes are intimidating guys, um, or maybe your successes or the money you make or the job you have, or the confidence you have in your job or whatever it is, even if it's not a high paying job, that intimidates men or that emasculates men. And this gets similar to the future tripper, um, which I know we haven't talked about, we'll talk about in a couple of weeks. But it's similar in that if you think about um, presenting yourself in a certain way, it's going to be hard to connect with someone else. So let me explain. So let's say you go on a date or you're meeting someone and you kind of downplay. Maybe you say you rent instead of own. I've had clients um, do that. Maybe you um, lie about your profession or you lie about the success you've had in your profession or you downplay how much money you make or you downplay some other accomplishments that are outside of just like numbers, maybe like the amount of travel that you've done um, or other, I don't know, other, other successes in, in your life. Um, and if you're sitting there at a table on a date with someone thinking about, okay, how can I come across as less intimidating to this person so that I'll be more likable, 
ultimately you're in your head, right? Like you're not going to be 100% present in the moment on that date with that person when you're living in your head, like you're just not. And this is why it's similar to the future tripper, which I'll talk to you about in two weeks. Um, But when you are in your head on a date, it's going to be really hard to connect with someone else because you're you're sitting there trying to be so meticulous on every single word you say or every or every way you present yourself that you're just not going to feel very normal. Um, and I and I mean normal as in you're not going to feel like yourself. You're not going to feel very natural because you're just like guarding yourself so much to not say the wrong thing or to do the right thing that a connection is going to be really, really, really hard. So other ways this might show up is downplaying your accomplishments or pretending to not know the answer to something, or saying you rent instead of own, like I just said before, or being really agreeable, like not having an opinion about where you want to eat, or how long you want to stay out with someone, or whether you want to do dinner or just drinks, whether or not you would prefer to talk on the phone rather than texting, whether or not you want to be Facebook friends with someone you've just met online. So somehow we've all gone the opposite of Meg Ryan from When Harry Met Sally. And instead of being high maintenance, the belief has been reinforced to us that being low maintenance and being even kind of like a chameleon is hot and that's desirable. And I see this a lot in dating profiles. And I just want to take a minute now to talk a little bit about your dating profile. I don't talk about profiles too much. It is something I support my clients with. Um, Once they've done the inner work, then I'll help them to create a dating profile that reflects that inner work that we've done. Um, But I don't talk about it too much because, again, it's not going to make or break you in finding love. But I do just want you to think about a few things because this might be showing up elsewhere other than just your profile. So phrases like, I'm fun-loving, easygoing, or I'm down for a night in or a night out. I'm sorry to say this, but this makes you sound as vanilla as hell. And I know that you're not vanilla because I know that because you're a human with a story and experience and beliefs and a background and thoughts and interests that make you truly unique. And as cliche as it sounds, it's really true. You're really freaking dang unique. And you're gonna have a much better time in attracting higher quality guys if your profile can reflect that. So making yourself vanilla is one of the best ways to become replaceable. And honestly, for the type of guy in a relationship I know you're looking for, being vanilla just isn't going to get there. Think about it. If your profile could work for you and 50 other women, like why aren't you replaceable? Why wouldn't you be replaceable, right? Because you're making yourself sound like every other person out there. And a big part of getting over the people-pleasing tendency is to be pistachio. Now, if you've been with me for a while, then you've probably heard me talk about it, but I think it's always good to to re-listen, to rehear something, to really let it sink in. And if you're new to me or haven't heard of it before, I think you'll really love this concept. But I talk about it a lot, really in dating general, but especially in dating profiles because it shows up in such tangible ways. Um, but it essentially goes like this. Being vanilla you know, vanilla ice cream isn't good, isn't bad. It's just vanilla. You can add flavorings to it. You can add chocolate sauce. You can add strawberry sauce. You could add sprinkles. You could add brownies. You can add cookie dough. You can make it whatever you want by adding whatever you want to it. No one hates vanilla, but no one is obsessed with it either. And by downplaying your personality or your accomplishments or just trying to sound like everyone else, this is essentially what you're doing. No one's going to hate you, but no one's really going to be obsessed with you either. 
Pistachio, on the other hand, is quite the controversial ice cream. Some people hate it. I'm one of them. I think pistachio ice cream is disgusting. But some people love it. And I'm sure that even you listening to me will probably want to email me or go to my Instagram and say, oh my God, I love pistachio ice cream. Oh my God, I hate pistachio ice cream. It just brings out that kind of reaction in people. And the people who love it can go on and on and on and on about it. And the people who hate it will go on and on and on about it. And I'm one of them. I just think it's gross. And the people who love it can probably tell you which brand of pistachio ice cream to get. And when it comes to dating, you want to be pistachio because it makes you unforgettable and irreplaceable to the right person. Now, here's why this is so, so important, why this can be really transformative and finding love. While some people love pistachio, a lot do not like pistachio. So when you're being pistachio and finding love, you might experience overall less interest. You might get some more no's or some more rejections. However, the guys who are interested in you will be like a hell yes. Not just like, she seems cool. I want you to have more hell yeses. So when it comes to getting out of the people pleaser energy, your main objective is honoring your boundaries and honoring who you are. And maybe even taking some time to figure out your boundaries if you've never done that before. Literally write it down. Who are you? What do you want to be showing on a date? What do you want? What do you not want? And let that be kind of like a personal agreement or a personal contract that you're going to hold yourself. So I want you to take a moment to imagine what learning to honor your own boundaries could do for you. Saying no when you want to, cutting out toxic relationships, and filling your life with people who fill you up rather than drain you. And what would it be like being on a date, being totally yourself and having time and energy and space for people who will actually prioritize you? If that sounds like something you want to call in in 2018, then I would love for you to join me in my free upcoming online workshop. So I'm hosting this online workshop and it's called Uncover Your Dating Patterns, Discover a Simple Yet Powerful Approach to Get Unstuck and Finally Find Love. So in this really powerful workshop together, we're going to do my favorite and most powerful exercise to help you uncover what's keeping you stuck and out of love. And I'm not just going to teach you this and you're going to intellectualize it and then just have more stuff to chew on. We're actually going to do it live together so that A, you can get my feedback, but B, you can actually begin the implementation so that you can begin to see some real change in your life. And then at the end of this workshop, I'm going to open up the line so that you can get your toughest questions answered by me, and I'll do some laser coaching. So to join us for this totally free workshop, I want you to head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop to sign up. So now before I go, I would love to hear from all the pleasers. Come over to Instagram. I'm at Veronica E. Grant and let me know. Share your pleaser story with me and tell me what insight you had from this episode. So I can't wait to hear from you and I will see you next week on the Love Life Connection. And the poor me's, I'm coming for you. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. 
Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.